Top stories this evening, live from New York City. President Biden canceling billions of dollars more in student loan debt for former students of a school that closed down. What are the hottest zip codes right now in the U.S. housing market? Realtor.com releases a top 10 list, plus some home buying tips from the company. Chinese tech giant Tencent is quietly buying shares of the world's largest game developers. What influence will they have over people who play those games? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here, sitting in for Paul. The Biden administration will automatically cancel nearly $4 billion more in student loan debt. The Department of Education announced today. This move will affect more than 200,000 former students who attended the for-profit ITT Technical Institute. The institute shut down in 2016, shortly after the government pulled the plug on its federal funding because the school had failed to show it was in compliance with certain accreditation standards. Now, in total, President Biden has canceled nearly $32 billion in student debt. It mostly affects borrowers who were defrauded or those who are permanently disabled. Biden has extended the pandemic-related pause on federal student loan payments several times now. The current pause is set to expire at the end of this month. President Biden signed the sweeping Inflation Reduction Act into law today. It's worth $740 billion, including major spending on health care, green energy, and new taxes on corporations. Biden calls it one of the most significant laws in our history. The Inflation Reduction Act invests $369 billion to take the most aggressive action ever, 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 ever in confronting the climate crisis and strengthening our our economic, our energy security. The bill's climate incentives include, initiatives include incentives for energies like solar and wind and electric vehicles. On health care, it will extend the subsidies for Obamacare and give Medicare power to negotiate drug prices. It will also give new funding to the IRS to fund 87,000 new agents to strengthen enforcement. To pay for the spending, it'll impose a 15% minimum tax on certain large corporations. While some economists have signaled their support for the new law, others have suggested it will not lower inflation as intended. Meanwhile, the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says under the bill, working class Americans will have to pay billions of dollars in new taxes. Home building activities in the U.S. are slowing down. It fell nearly 10% last month to the lowest level in nearly one and a half years. Also, builders applied for fewer permits to build future homes. Out of all the markets, the housing market has been hit the hardest by the Fed's rate hikes. At the same time, the National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index dropped six points to 49 now. This is considered negative territory. What that means is more home builders view market conditions as poor rather than good. Main contributing factors for this, again, is tightening monetary policy from the Fed, as well as higher construction costs. 
the housing market is cooling off in general, but in certain areas, it's still very tight. Real estate website Realtor.com just released its annual list of the hottest zip codes in the country today. Ranking number one on this year's list is zip code 14618, Brighton near Rochester, New York. Five out of the top ten zip codes are from New England in New Hampshire and Maine. Homes with zip codes on the top 10 list are usually sold in about a week, and they get nearly four times more views than a typical U.S. listing. A key theme of this year's ranking is demand from out-of-zip home buyers. They're being driven by factors like affordability and convenient travel to big East Coast cities. Chief economist at Realtor.com Danielle Hale says... Americans are redefining their priorities in order to achieve home ownership amid rising inflation and mortgage rates. And I talked to Ms. Hale about the list earlier. I also asked her for some tips for home buyers. Here she is. Danielle, pleasure having you on today. So Realtor.com just released the top 10 hottest zip codes for the housing market. Would you mind telling us more about this year's list? For example, what's the key takeaways? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So this year's hottest zip codes list shows that markets in the Northeast and in New England in particular are really attracting buyer attention and keeping those real estate markets very, very competitive. As buyers are grappling with inflation and economic uncertainty, they're looking to try to lower their housing costs, which makes these affordable markets really top of mind. One thing, though, I'm curious about, so nine out of the top 10 are making the list for the very first time, right? What is it about these zip codes that help them make it to the list? These zip codes are a combination of um, zip codes in cities that offer really good value for the dollar. So sometimes it's a really um, low-cost area in an expensive market, so it's a good alternative to nearby pricey areas. In other cases, we've got some high-cost uh, zips in affordable metros that give buyers some really good bang for the buck. Um, but the key thing is they're trying to get a little bit further away from the big cities to drop their housing costs, but still remain in a distance that allows them to get into the downtown markets like Boston, New York, or D.C. if they need to commute to work occasionally. And you mentioned the current housing environment, right? What has been the impact uh, of the rate hikes on the housing market and and as well as the sentiment? Yeah, so the Federal Reserve is raising short-term rates. That has caused mortgage rates to go way up. They're up about two percentage points or more above where they were at this time last year. That's drastically cut into housing affordability. So it costs a lot more, more than 50% more, in fact, to buy today's home relative to what it cost a year ago. What that means is buyers are getting choosier. We're seeing them be a lot more selective as they're trying to make the dollars and cents work with what they're looking for in the housing market. That's made affordability top of mind, and buyers have shown that they're willing to move to more affordable areas in order to find it. So that's one of the things that's really driving this list, and it meshes with some of the data that we see on cross-market shopping traffic on Realtor.com. So in light of those rate hikes from from the Fed, are you seeing that more home buyers are being priced out of the home market? Yeah, those rate hikes are making it more expensive for people to buy a home today. And that's causing a lot of shoppers to reevaluate their plans and some shoppers to just put their plans on hold and maybe continue renting while they save up money to try to get into the housing market at a later point in time. So on that note, what are some strategies that home buyers are undertaking to achieve home ownership? 
Yeah, so the big important strategies are to be really on top of your finances in today's market. With costs high, you want to make sure that buying a home will fit in your budget. Um, if you want to, to make it easier for a home to fit in your budget, you can follow the strategy that a lot of these shoppers are doing, which is looking to more affordable markets, whether that's in the suburbs or in an entirely different metro area where you're, you'll find that housing costs are a bit lower. That's one way to help. The other is to make sure that you have a good handle on your budget numbers. So get pre-approved. You can go online on sites like realtor.com and find mortgage calculators to help you figure out what you can afford. And then talk to a lender to get pre-approved, make sure those numbers are correct. I see. All right. Thank you for your advice. Danielle Hale, Chief Economist at Realtor.com. Thank you very much for coming on today. Absolutely. Renters in the U.S. are facing more worries about paying for housing. Nearly 60% of them were hit with a rent increase during the past year. That's according to a study from Freddie Mac. Meanwhile, just 38% of those renters say they saw an increase in take-home pay. The study also found that inflation has altered plans for many potential home buyers. Nearly three-quarters of renter households who were originally planning to buy a home say that's becoming more out of reach over the past year. But it seems like people are still renovating their homes. Home Depot reported record earnings and sales for its most recent quarter. Even with volatile mortgage rates and home prices, professional contractors and the do-it-yourself crowd are still spending. Overall revenue was up 6.5% from a year ago and store sales went up too. The average customer ticket was a little more than 90 bucks, up 9% from a year ago. Another big retailer also reported earnings today. Walmart said its sales rose 9% last quarter. Its price slashing seems to have helped bring traffic into its stores over the past few months. Walmart outperformed expectations despite the current inflation situation in the U.S. One thing that likely played a factor in consumer spending is that Walmart recently trimmed prices on some big-ticket items due to being overstocked. Walmart stock jumped 5% today. And stocks ended mixed today. The Dow rose 240 points or 7 tenths of a percent. The S&P gained 8 points or 2 tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq lost 20 and a half points or 2 tenths of a percent. Scion Asset Management Fund Manager Michael Burry, who rose to fame with timely bets ahead of the 2008 financial crisis, he dumped a dozen bullish positions in the last quarter and replaced them with just a single one. NTD's Sean Marshall tells us more. Michael Burry, a.k.a. The Big Short, is back at it again. The predictor of the last housing market crash is now predicting another market crash and has dumped his whole stock portfolio except for one stock, private jail operator GEO Group. Here is an ominous message of the prediction Burry posted. Can't shake that silly pre-Enron, pre-9-11, pre-Worldcom feeling, he wrote, referring to three events which contributed to an approximately 75% decline in the NASDAQ between February 2000 and September 2002. Well, one thing with Michael Burry, you have to understand, he's what's known as a perma-bear, right? He is perennially calling for some kind of a stock market crash, so he often sells out of large parts of his positions. 
I asked chartered financial analyst Joseph Hogue to explain this one stock Burry is holding on to. So ticker GEO, it's a very small uh, prison facilities management company based out of Florida. So they run prisons around the uh, the United States. Uh, very small, under a billion dollars market cap. So a small cap stock. And um, I can only imagine he's he's investing on some kind of a valuation play, as well as the idea that you know, we're going to need uh, prison facilities management, whether it's a recession or not. The news that Burry held shares of the Boca Raton, Florida-based GEO Group, or GEO Group, sent its stock surging 12% on Monday. I asked Hogue, what would be a good investment during a market downturn? He did sell Apple. He sold uh, Google, Google Parent Alphabet, as well as Meta Platforms, which is Facebook. All three of those companies, tech companies, uh, very much more cyclical uh, as far as the economy. So you would want to sell out of of riskier stocks like that and buy into safety plays like utilities, consumer staples, and maybe even uh, something like that geo group. Burry rose to fame after betting against the U.S. mortgage market and correctly predicting that the real estate bubbles would collapse as early as 2007. The whole affair was the plot behind the popular movie, The Big Short. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And China is unloading even more U.S. Treasury bonds. This is according to the Treasury Department's data. In June, China owned 968 billion U.S. debt. This is down 12 billion compared to May. It's been dumping its holding for seven consecutive months. China's ownership of U.S. debt hit multiple 12-year lows over the past few months. China is the second largest owner of U.S. debt. Japan is by far the largest. It increased its holdings by 8 billion in June to 1.2 trillion. And in third place is the UK with 615 billion. In total, foreign ownership of US debt rose by $4 billion to 7.4 trillion. Now, Tencent isn't exactly a household name in America, but if you play video games, you may have come into contact with it. And it's quietly building its ownership of the world's largest game developers. And Didi's Arlene Richards brings us this story. Chinese tech giant Tencent has been quietly buying a significant share of the world's biggest video game companies. In the first half of 2021, it completed one game-related deal every two and a half days. It owns 100% of Riot Games, which means it owns the super popular League of Legends. It owns 40% of Epic Games, which is home to smash hit Fortnite, as well as majority, minority, and undisclosed shares in a ton of other firms. Any company in China is completely controlled by the Chinese Communist Party and must support the Chinese Communist Party's direction uh, and goals. Casey Fleming is the CEO of Black Ops Partners, a global risk strategy and counterintelligence firm. Fleming says any technology coming from China is a weaponized technology. It's weaponized to uh, to weaken the United States and the values of the West. And that's that's named the name of that is called hybrid warfare to weaken your adversary and make you stronger. Fleming believes China wants to influence people who play video games, such as children with pro-China, pro-communist values. The amount of say that Tencent has in any individual game changes game to game. It's this constant push and pull between what the audience want, 
what the original developers want, and then what the executives want. Josh Stripe Hayes is the host of the Josh Stripe Hayes YouTube channel, where he plays and reviews video games. As for pro-CCP propaganda... I don't know if we have any specific proof of that happening yet, or any games that have said they are overtly doing it. If anything like that happened, then the internet, especially sites like Reddit or IGN, would likely be reporting on these kind of things. He says Tencent has generally been associated with monetization. They frequently lock the best parts of a game behind a paywall, which players find unfair. Arlene Richards, NTD News. Controversy is surrounding an article published by the World Economic Forum. In the article, the author proposed using artificial intelligence to censor hateful content online. Here's the story. The World Economic Forum, or WEF, published an opinion article by writer and cybersecurity expert Imbal Goldberger last week. It's about solving online abuse. It proposes combining a powerful AI network with input from human intelligence data to track and preemptively stop certain content from circulating online. Goldberger wrote, while the internet played a vital role in how these events were perceived, other changes like the radicalization of extreme opinions, the spread of misinformation, and the wide reach of child sexual abuse material have been enabled by it. The author explained the AI would be used to detect extremism, disinformation, and hate speech. The proposed program would be supplemented by off-platform human intelligence gathering. The article has faced widespread criticism on conservative news sites. The Daily Caller pointed out that social media companies are known to target conservative content online. These include posts critical of gender ideology, climate issues, COVID-19 policies, and vaccine safety. In response to the backlash, the WEF added a note to readers at the top of the page. It reads, Please be aware that this article has been shared on websites that routinely misrepresent content and spread misinformation. The content of this article is the opinion of the author, not the World Economic Forum. And please read the piece for yourself. And still to come after the break, the FDA finalizes a rule to help people get hearing aids over the counter for cheaper prices. And a popular actor taking a break from social media. Hear what he has to say coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. There has been a significant development that could help people with hearing loss. That is, hearing aids will be available over the counter soon. Starting in October, people over the age of 18 with mild to moderate hearing impairment can buy certain hearing aids from stores or online for less money. The FDA just finalized a rule to make it happen, and it's a big deal. Health experts say hearing loss is extremely common, but insurance doesn't always cover hearing aids, and they cost a lot of money, upwards of thousands of dollars for a single pair. Two million baby rockers are being recalled. The rockers are Mama Roo Swings and Rockaroo Rockers, both sold under the brand name Four Moms. 
The key issue is that they have restraint straps that can hang down when not in use. Children who are able to crawl can get entangled in those straps if they crawl under the rocker. One 10-month-old has even died from this and another sustained bruising around his neck. Anyone who owns one of these products can get a free strap fastener to keep the restraint straps away from crawling children. The Consumer Product Safety Commission has instructions on its website to identify rockers involved in the recall. And Tom Holland announced that he's stepping away from Instagram and Twitter for his mental health. He has millions of social media followers. Holland is a Hollywood actor best known for his role as Spider-Man. Here's the story. I have taken a break from social media uh, for my mental health. In a video posted on Instagram, actor Tom Holland says social media has been detrimental to his mental state, so he's stepping back. I find Instagram and Twitter to be overstimulating, to be uh, overwhelming. I get caught up and I spiral when I read things about me online. Holland has more than 67 million followers on Instagram and more than 7 million on Twitter, but hasn't posted that often on either recently. Human beings are social creatures by nature, but just like all things, there is too much of a good thing. Spending too much time on social media can take away from your ability to live life. Instead, you're just getting a running commentary on it, says Ariana Gallagher, associate director of the Ohio State Star Trauma Recovery Center. Just being able to to say, I'm struggling and be able to find out that you're not alone in that um, it is very powerful. Gallagher says for some people, being on social media isn't a good idea in general. It doesn't bring them the connection or joy they're seeking. For others, stepping back and re-engaging in an intentional way may work better. She hopes others will follow Holland's lead. And to everyone out there, thanks for your love and support. I love you all and I'll speak to you soon. Holland's candid video prompted praise from fans and fellow celebrities, including singer Justin Bieber, who commented, Love you, man. And people are leaving Lebanon in the most significant exodus since the country's civil war. But three locals are using their art to help themselves and their audiences cope with Lebanon's economic crisis. NTD's Andrew Thomas brings us this next story. Dancer Amin Betamouni, singer Joy Fayad, and artist Paul Merhi have decided to stay in their native Lebanon. They find refuge in their art from what the World Bank has described as one of the worst economic crises recorded. Betamouni's journey with tango started 10 years ago when he attended his first Milonga event. Since then, ballroom dance has been his life. Tango is more than just a hobby. Tango is a way to stay alive. For me, it is a way to stay alive, to keep on thinking, to keep on expressing myself. On days when I grow tired of this country, of the country's situation, of everything that we are going through, it allows me to keep resisting and express myself. For rock singer and multi-instrumentalist Fayad, music is first and foremost about lifting her audience and helping them release the frustrations of three years of living in a crisis-ridden country. For me, music is comforting. It boosts people's morale. It helps them forget their worries and everything they are going through. This is something very essential in life. 
People say that money is important, but at the same time, for me, music is maybe more important. Fine artist Merhi is not willing to leave the place he has called home for 40 years. He sells abstract paintings, produces commissioned pieces, and teaches at a public university to provide for his family. But as prices continue to rise, an artist's income may not be enough. I am attached to this place, attached to my memories. I cannot start over. I feel that if I were to leave, it would be as if I were dying, as if I was killing everything in my life. The meltdown has marked Lebanon's most destabilizing crisis since the country's civil war. The currency has lost more than 90% of its value, and about three-quarters of the population live in poverty. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, email us at business at ntd.com. We read every email. And that's all for today. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.